Here at the Ayn Rand Institute, we take seriously the vital role that professional intellectuals have in changing the course of the culture. It's why one of ARI's major initiatives is the Ayn Rand University, an educational institution that incorporates student outreach with undergraduate and graduate level training in the philosophy of objectivism. At New Ideal, you get to see some of the output of that intellectual training in the form of cultural commentary by ARI-trained intellectuals. And here I just want to share a note sent in by Caitlin, a New Ideal podcast listener. She writes, Hi, ARI staff. I just found your new podcasts and have been binging them for the last month or so. It helps me feel reconnected to ARI and also helps with applying objectivism to more current events. So thank you for creating these, pod, these, these episode, episodes. So thank you, Caitlin, for the encouraging words. Um, but what about before that? What about before you see commentary on New Ideal? What is ARI doing to reach young minds, spark their interest in objectivism, and create a path for future objectivist intellectuals, the future writers, teachers, and speakers who are capable of and passionate about creating this kind of content? Where do we find the new intellectuals and what are we doing to reach them? So in today's episode, we wanna talk a bit about what we're doing in our student-oriented programs and share some of the impact they're having as expressed by those who participate in them. Welcome to New Ideal Live, the podcast of the Ayn Rand Institute. I'm Aaron Smith, a fellow and instructor at ARI, and I'll, I'm joined by my colleague, Sam Weaver, a junior fellow at ARI. Welcome, Sam. Thanks, Aaron. So in talking about the, uh, the development of new intellectuals, I think the first thing is, first stage is to get Ayn Rand's novels in the hands of students. And in order to accomplish this, uh, ARI offers free classroom sets of Ayn Rand's novels to teachers to make it possible for them to teach the novels in their classes. Uh, teachers often have limited budgets, so many would not be able to teach Rand's novels if they had to buy them on their own. Uh, which is part of the value of, of ARI's free books for teachers program. And uh, we've been doing free books for teachers for some years now, but uh, last year we introduced eBooks for Anthem and that has taken the program to, uh, to a new level of success. Uh, and here are some messages that we've gotten from teachers that I think will sort of show you the impact that uh, Ayn Rand's novels have in their classes uh, as a result of the, the free books program. So the first I wanted to share is uh, from Amy, a teacher at Porter Ridge Middle School. And Amy says, I am so thankful to have had the opportunity to teach Anthem in my classroom. Several students told me that this was the first novel they had ever finished, and many said it was the first book that was truly interesting to them. Ayn Rand packs so much into such a small package, and they wanted to talk about it all. Classroom conversations and discussions have been in short supply in classrooms since COVID, so it was a beautiful thing to witness. I would never be able to purchase a book for each student on my own, so I can't express my gratitude enough for the donors. Thank you so much. I wish I had discovered this resource much earlier in my teaching career. Yeah, and that's that's not an that's not any kind of an outlier or an abnormal response that we get from teachers. We get these all the time, and we had to we had to carefully choose which ones we were going to. Um, you know, put on screen and share with you today, just because there's so much of it. So let me let me read another one. This is from a teacher named Nicole. She teaches at Woodmont Charter School. She says, I've taught Anthem in urban, low socio socioeconomic areas where literacy was not a priority. 
Yet those same students were able to connect with the novel in ways they couldn't with others. I've taught this novel in the UAE, or the Emirates, and China, where I challenged cultural norms and asked the students to be risk takers when reading the novel. It inspires and en engages students no matter age, what age, race, religion, language, or country of origin. Students love this novel, and I love teaching it. One other uh, testimonial we wanted to read to you come, came from Linda, a teacher at Wilcox High School. And Linda wrote, My English 9 honors class is clamoring to read more by Ayn Rand. After finishing Anthem, several of the students said they read it more than once. At parent-teacher conferences this week, the parents of some students said their children encouraged them to read it. This has truly created great discussions inside the classroom, in the hallways, and at home. My students were disappointed there was no sequel, but want to read more like this. <laughs> so Sam and I, we've been speaking to, to, to classrooms and stuff quite a bit. And one of the things that we get asked a lot, which is kind of interesting is, uh, is there a sequel to Anthem? Like Anthem 2, <laughs> that they really want to continue on. They want to find out what happens after the end of the story. And so uh, the closest thing you get to an Anthem 2 is, is the Fountainhead, but it's not exactly a... A continuation of the of the story but of the theme um yeah so let's let's go ahead and share a clip now of uh an english teacher uh michelle phillips at crosswell lexington high school she's shared a video clip uh talking about the program and the impact it's had on her and her classes Good morning, I'm Michelle Phillips and I teach ninth grade English at Croswell Lexington High School in Michigan. And this is my third year teaching the Ayn Rand's Anthem. These kids love this book. I have um, younger siblings coming in saying that they want to spoil the ending for everyone because their brother or sister told them how much they liked it. Um, and it creates really great conversation. Now this year because of COVID-19, I have virtual students and I have face-to-face. And that presented a problem because we usually share our class set of actual books. So the Ayn Rand Institute gave me 175 free digital downloads of Ayn Rand's Anthem. And now every kid has the story on his or her computer and we're able to read together and do it safely. So I'm very grateful to the resources of Ayn Rand Institute, and I know my students are as well. And it's really helping to nurture their love of literature, which I in turn love as their teacher. It's awesome to hear from those teachers. I always love, uh, love hearing those testimonials. And, and, and I've talked to a lot of teachers as well, uh, and I'm surprised I don't know. I don't know why I'm surprised, but I am surprised though that how cash strapped they often are. Uh, and often typically are that they really do say that we don't, we have such a tiny budget to get new books in the classrooms that this is just, um, just a real, uh, gift in effect that they, they're able to just say, hi, can we have free novels? And we send that to them. Uh, otherwise they wouldn't be able to expand. I mean, they, the, the, some of the teachers I talk to say they scour used bookstores and stuff to try to find old copies of things that they can use in the classroom to save money. So it is. They're very appreciative of it, and I think it's a it's an important thing that we continue to offer these for free. Yeah, especially not just because of the the budget, but of the the type of experiences that they're talking about the the students having and and creating in the classrooms with those novels. Uh, yeah. So now let's turn to the essay contests. So 
uh, ARI runs an annual essay contest on uh, several of Ayn Rand's novels, Anthem, The Fountainhead, and Atlas Shrugged. Uh, why do we do this? Well, we want to encourage students to engage deeply with Ayn Rand's novels. The essay contest, which has a cash prize, provides motivation to read Ayn Rand's novels for students who haven't read them, haven't had a teacher who, who taught them. And, and for those who have read them in school or on their own, people who've been in some of the classes that got those free books, the essay contest encourages them to think deeper about the ideas in the novel. We present them with some prompts to write essays on, and these prompts get into kind of the deep questions that these novels pose about life, about philosophy. Uh, and so with that in mind, I think we wanted to share some of the messages we've received from students who participated in the contests, uh, talking about what Ayn Rand's novels mean to them. Yeah, and it's interesting also that um, it's often the case that students enter the essay contest because there's a chain, right? So ARI provides free books for the teachers. They read the stories in the classes. Often the teacher partly is just an assignment, you know, for class, just you'd like you'd write, have students write an essay on, you know, whatever novel they're reading. They say, well, if you guys, if there's an essay contest, you might as well write an essay for that contest. Uh, and so some of the applicants get to the contest through that route. Uh, in other cases, they simply Google essay contests because they, you know, they want to uh, try their hand at, a, at an accomplished essay and hopefully to win some money, sometimes for college, sometimes for, you know, just whatever. Uh, and they find our essay contest uh, and it's it's super popular. So, yeah, let, let's share let's share some of the, the feedback we've been getting from some of the students who've been participating in the, the essay contest. This one is from Alexandra from the Prout School. She writes, Anthem was definitely unlike any other book I've read. Having a motivation, such as this essay contest, to read a book like Anthem exposed me to a philosophy I would likely not have been exposed to otherwise. Reading Rand's perspective on issues of individuality and society, as expressed in Anthem, has inspired me to both look into her other works and objectivism as a philosophy. Reading Anthem has also opened up conversations with friends and teachers who had read the book, allowing for me to further my understanding of its subject matter. I am very glad I read Anthem and look forward to exploring Rand's other works. So that's also another issue that I think is interesting is that reading one of Ayn Rand's novels is often a conduit to taking the next step and reading another novel. Um, so there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's an intended progression there that you know, sometimes happens and it so, sometimes doesn't, but it's that's part of the goal. Yeah, and I think some of what, uh, what Alexandra said is, it, represents themes that we hear a lot that that anthem or one of other ayn rand's other novels is like nothing they've ever read and it got them thinking and and talking and kind of wanting to understand what's what's going on in this story and what uh what this kind of worldview is that that's not familiar to them but is really interesting and can be really inspiring to them um and and we hear that about anthem we also hear that about uh, about the Fountainhead, as we heard from uh, another student, uh, Elena, at East Lake High School. It be difficult to sift through the plethora of advice and opinions teachers, parents, and friends share with you as to what you should do post-graduation. It can get overwhelming, especially when the underlying theme is doing the thing that is convenient, safe, and to follow a well-traveled path. Reading The Fountainhead could not have come at a better time for me, for it is truly the guidepost I needed. This book will forever serve as a reminder to me in the future. I would like to express my deepest gratitude 
for ensuring that young people like me have gained access to such incredible novels. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and so we, we've been talking a bit about, so, so a sort of pathway, right, where um, ARI provides free novels to teachers in classrooms, leading to tens of thousands of students reading Ayn Rand every year and offering an essay contest that allows them to compete for cash prizes by engaging deeply, more deeply in the novel, actually having to put pen to paper, so to speak, or put fingers to keyboard, I guess it is, uh, but, but to actually have to try to articulate something that's uh, important about one of the major themes of the novel or something that the novel really digs into. Uh, and so that's, the purpose of that is engagement. Um, but another, another step that we take at ARI, and one that I'm particularly excited about, are classroom visits. So these are classroom visits by ARI speakers and intellectuals. We join like this uh, by Zoom, so we can talk to students all over the country, which we've been doing. We've done dozens of these this year. This is something we've really ramped up. Uh, so we've always had, um, we've always had some form of classroom talks that would be here and there occasionally, but they're kind of expensive because you have to travel to some school and, you know, really post COVID, we decided we're really gonna ramp these things up. Uh, everybody's on Zoom. Teachers now know how to use Zoom and connect like this. So it's very natural for them. They're set up for, by, uh, they have the tech set up in the classroom. They're all good to go. So let's let's reach as many of them as I, we can. So we had the goal of just uh, every request, every single request we get, we're gonna respond to. And we've done something like 45, 47, just start, starting in this August. I mean, so it's just, the growth has just been crazy. Uh, I've done many of these, Sam, Sam and I've done most of these, but we are also other ARI staff and speakers are coming in and starting to do more of these and we're just gonna expand this. So I get excited when I talk about this program because one of the things I get to do is I get to get in the classrooms and interact with them, talk with them, ask them questions. Uh, what did you think about the novel? What, what so take Anthem, the character of equality. What did you like about him? What was interesting about him? What made him different? What what was jarring about the story? You know, and it really to get into discussions. And it also is helpful for teachers too, to have somebody who's uh, trained in philosophy to come actually speak to their students about the more philosophical themes. Um, and it's something I love doing. So let's let's get some uh, get some quotes here from some of the people that have uh, some of the teachers who have been uh, who have had classroom talks from ARI speakers. So. <laughs> I'll, I'll do the first one. This is from uh, the founder and director of an after-school enrichment program in Toronto, Ontario. She writes, it was beyond wonderful and the students felt so enthused by the discussion. I even received some emails post-class saying thank you for the awesome guest speakers. The <clears throat> students were still thinking about what came out of the conversation days later. This experience was extraordinarily valuable for my students. It forced them to think deeply, communicate about complex ideas, and challenge their assumptions. I would love to book this again for my students in the future. Yeah, that that's a theme that we hear a lot is like that this sparks discussion and, and the students like to keep talking about the ideas that we, we talk about with them in the classroom on, you know, for an hour or sometimes just for 30 minutes one day, it can still spark, you know, continual thought for days and days after that. Um, and that's that's really exciting to, to be a part of. And and so that was a, a, a quote from a from a teacher who had uh, one of us in into into do an event 
Um, we also hear from students sometimes who are in the classrooms. And so here's a, a, a message that we got from a student at Lincoln Charter School. Uh, the student says, I thought the event was well put together and definitely helpful in understanding Ayn Rand's thoughts and ideas in her writing better. The speaker was eloquent in his talk with my class and was very easygoing and likable. He created a comfortable atmosphere where we students were all eager to ask questions. Yeah, that is, that's one of the, one of the important things that we do, I think, when we come to speak to these classrooms is that we don't come in there and give a stiff formal lecture. Uh, and it's more to, I think, create a space where they're comfortable asking questions, comfortable engaging with the speakers. And because, I mean, look, Ayn Rand has challenging ideas. These are controversial. <laughs> and the kinds of things that you're bringing up and the kinds of conflicts they have to face when they start to become more interested in some of these ideas, uh, conflicts they might have with uh, their fellow students or their parents, if they start to think, start thinking a bit more from themselves and challenging some things that are conventional, uh, that what, so you have to recognize as a speaker that what you're saying is kind of controversial and it's challenges, uh, the conventional ways in which they've been taught to think. And there's a delicate way of doing that, that opens a window for them in a way to start challenging them, uh, in ways that I think will help them in their own life. Uh, and the other thing we get to do is not just to talk to them about the themes of the novel, but bring up resources for them. So we give them links to show here's where you can get a free book from ARI. Uh, typically, if they've read Anthem, we suggest reading The Fountainhead, but there's an array of books that they can get for free. Um, we tell them about the essay contest that they can engage in. Uh, depending on the class, uh, I'll sometimes share um, the Ayn Rand lexicon with them, you know, which we have on the ARI website. So they can scroll around and get a sense of Ayn Rand's views on all sorts of issues. Um, so bringing, so making them aware of the resources that are available, um, by ARI and on our website and so on is, is also, you know, one of the, um, goals of this. So if they can start exploring on their own and, and given the resources to get into more depth, uh, that's great. So let me, let me read another one of these. I, I enjoy these things. <laughs> so I just want to share a bunch of them. Um, this one comes from a teacher at JC Bermuda's Doral senior high school. She says, Thank you so much for the amazing experience your team provided our students. Everyone was fascinated by your team of experts. It was nice to hear students asking when Aaron, Nikos, Sam, and Tom would be available to visit us again. It was very special to have wonderful speakers who encourage students to live the, their best life and to believe in themselves. We appreciate the impact that the Ayn Rand Institute continues to make year after year. Continue doing what you are doing. We appreciate everything you've done for us from the books to the special events you made possible. Thank you again. And that was a fun event too, because uh, uh, the same teacher, I think had booked this whole set of classrooms. because she's but by teachers all day, you know, and she's booked this whole set of teachers. And so many of us, like, like I said, it was me, you, Tom, Nico. And so we just, we all like lined up and took various classes there. And, uh, and so she got to see just all sorts of different speakers and each of us had a little bit different perspective and approach and style. And uh, I think that was great for the students to have. Yeah, and it's nice to kind of get a message that's uh, that mentions kind of most of the team that's doing the, the classroom events. Yeah, yeah um, I agree. Yeah, 
so uh, one more message on, on classroom events that we'd like to share. This one is from Barbara, a teacher at Florida Southwestern Collegiate High School. Uh, she says, some of our students are even signing up to get free books and others are seriously considering entering the essay contest. Would you be able to share a recording of the session? I'd love to show our principal and she'd like to feature it in our school newsletter next month. Thank you again for organizing it. So that's a kind of a, a cool message because she's uh, wants to feature our, our event in the, in the school newsletter, which uh, is, is, you know, a, awesome. a nice sign. And we're, we're grateful that grateful that she liked it that much. Um, and also that what she mentioned in there, some of the students are signing up for free books and, and considering the essay contest, I think that shows what, what Aaron was mentioning earlier about how these, these things that we're doing, they connect to one another and, uh, and students kind of are able to, to uh, go on a, a journey. And if they get interested in Ayn Rand and they, they read in class and they like what they hear and read in the book and hear in the event, then there are like more ways for them to interact with us and go deeper into the ideas that, that they're finding interesting. Yeah, and so we've talked a bit about the um, books to the teachers, student engagement through the essay contest, ARI intellectuals engagement with the students through face-to-face -face, uh, events in the classroom. Um, what's the next step? And part of the next step is they, they get another book and they can ask for a free book from us, explore some of the things that are on our website. But when we're talking about trying to create a pathway toward intellectual development, um, what's the next step? Yeah. So that, yeah, that's a good question. How do we go from uh, from reading a books in high school, writing essays to eventually one day, maybe in some cases, becoming uh, an an intellectual at ARI or or talking about objectivism and doing a podcast like this or writing articles? How does that how, how does that happen? How do how does somebody develop to that point? Uh, well, so. Part of what we're trying to do in reaching out to students and getting them interested in, and giving them resources to learn about Ayn Rand's ideas is we're trying to, to find the ones who are really interested in, in Ayn Rand and objectivism and really want to study objectivism in a lot of depth. And for those students, uh, that's those are the people who will become students in the Ayn Rand University. And and the kind of the, the core of that, uh, the, the, the first stage is uh, the Objectivist Academic Center, which is a, a two-year undergraduate level course in objectivism that uh, goes really in depth in, into the philosophy and, and, and teaches people kind of how to understand objectivism, how to understand it in relation to the world of philosophy as a whole, uh, teaches a lot of thinking communication skills, um, the, the, those skills, which will be useful in, in future, uh, future endeavors as a, as an intellectual, as a writer or a speaker, uh, that, you know, will eventually make it possible for them to participate in, uh, in something like this. Um, so this is, uh, this is kind of the, the, the core, uh, thing that we're doing in terms of, of intellectual training, but we also offer, uh, a number of other opportunities to learn these skills, learn more about philosophy and kind of really develop as as uh, professional intellectuals and i know aaron you and i have both we've gone through iterations of the objectivist academic center at some point and and we've benefited a lot from other forms of intellectual developments that that ari has offered over the years yeah it's i mean just 
partly just being here at ARI. So I, when I was, I was in a PhD program in philosophy uh, when I started the OAC. Um, I applied for the OAC. <laughs> uh, Yaron Brooks sat me down and convinced me that I could, I could do this side by side with my PhD, uh, which was, it was difficult, but it was certainly worth doing. I mean, no question. Um, and uh, so I completed the OAC. I mean, it's basically a requirement to be one of the intellectuals here, and all the intellectuals here at ARI have gone through some iteration of this. I mean, we've been doing, we, say we ARI has been doing intellectual training like this since its founding in one form or other. Uh, and this has been uh, super beneficial, but it's, uh, but the OAC, it's, so the OAC is a formal, more formal training, like you have classes and assignments and you meet with instructors and there are office hours and a syllabus. And so it's, that's a, a formal training, but there's a lot of um, informal training that we get too. So you're a junior fellow here at ARI. And one of the reasons we wanted to bring you and people like you on is, uh, you know, you're promising, you've gone through OAC, you're interested in doing intellectual work. And, you know, like when you pitch an article or something, and we, we sit down at editorial meetings, and we discuss the ideas and the content and structure. And so there's a lot of ongoing intellectual development that what you and I as well, get um, from senior intellectuals like Ankar Gothic. Uh So there's a lot of there's a lot of intellectual development that goes on just at ARI. Uh, it's not it's not seen by the public because it just happens in house. Uh, and I want to talk, uh, just say a word a bit uh, about uh, one example of someone who's become uh, a public intellectual. Uh, has former has used to work at ARI, received a lot of training from ARI, and uh, it seems Alex Epstein. So uh, many of our listeners know who Alex is, uh, but <laughs> if you're not. Uh, if you're not familiar with him, he's the founder of the Center for Industrial Progress. Uh, it's a think tank, a for-profit think tank. Uh, and he's the author of The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels. Uh, he's a well-known public intellectual now. And uh, let, let's just share a clip where he talks about the impact of the intellectual training he's received from ARI intellectuals. I got interested in energy, and I was really fortunate to be at ARI at the time, and particularly with uh, Ankar, who hopefully won't blush too much when I talk about some of the things, but I'll just give you one example of like a conversation that we had one day that totally changed my life. So it was 2011 and we were doing an Earth Day episode of Power Hour, which is this new podcast that I had started 10 years ago. And uh, this is not an exact transcript of what happened because we didn't record it, but I remember Ankar said like, look, the usual way of doing this is we talk about how the environmentalists have made all these false catastrophe predictions and they've been wrong and they're really anti-human. I'm like, yeah, that's what we're gonna do. And he said, no, like, let's not do that. Let's talk about how industry has made the world an amazing human environment, an amazing place for human beings to live. And it was just this idea that, wait a second, industry improves our environment. You know, subsequently, I've sort of become famous for talking about this, including, you know, how industry makes us safer from climate. This is something I first learned from Keith Lockett, who I think is here. But, um, you know, the idea that fossil fuels don't take a safe climate and make it dangerous, they take a dangerous climate and make it safe. Or fossil fuels don't take a clean environment and make it dirty, they take a dirty environment and make it clean. This is one example among many but just this whole shift in perspective. And I think it was possible because he had, I think I have a good understanding of objectivism, but he had a better understanding. And so he could look at how we were thinking about environment and say, we're looking at environment in an anti-human way. This is not an objectivist pro-human way to look at environment. And here's what it is. And when I started doing that, it just exploded. And it's still like one of my claims to fame is making this point that I got from objectivism in general and Ankar in particular, 
And then I would just also say that I got to work with Greg Salmieri on, uh, on Moral Case for Fossil Fuels, and I've gotten to work with Ankara on Fossil Future, and it's been like probably the fastest two years of development I've ever had have been the last uh, two years. Yeah, that's great, because I mean, uh, people people really know about Alex's work, and I think I've, uh, uh, or deserve, there's a deserved respect for his work that he's doing out there in the world. So this is it, part, of, part of what we tried to do today as we talk about um, your new, if you're a new ideal listener, if you're not subscribe, <laughs> no, but if you're a new ideal listener, uh, what you're seeing is some of the end product of, uh, a lot, a lot of intellectual development, uh, some of which, you know, about some of it just happens sort of behind the scenes or in-house in the kitchen, so to speak, it happens, uh, outside the public eye. Uh, and so what we're trying to do is create more people, create, that's not the right term, foster and help develop. You can't create intellectuals. Um, you can help foster their development. Uh, you can help speed up their development. You can uh, offer them the kind of resources that ramp up their development. Um, but what we're trying to do is uh, get more people able and competent and interested and passionate about producing the kind of content that ARI's intellectuals do. Um, and yet there's a long trail there. So part of it is Get the books. In, first, the people have to know about it. Get the books in the hands of young students. Kind of try to ignite young minds, but engage with them too. Get them to engage with the issues in the novels, and then you engage with them you know, from the perspective of us as intellectuals. In, engage with them. Show them that there is a path, and kind of reach out a hand to them, so to speak. And like, I'll help you. I mean, I, I, I give them my email. I say, here, email me. Uh, like seriously, uh, and that there is there is a path toward um, understanding more and more about. Uh, objectivism and the people who really get fired up and you can kind of hang on to and they're they're really interested if they can get more into our uh, objectivist academic center and the training programs offered by the Ayn Rand University um, they can you know really ramp up and speed up their development through formal training and then hopefully and this is the goal is to try to create more so to speak Alex Epstein's in other words more people who are out there in the public sphere um, knowledgeable about objectivism, applying objectivism to the culture, showing it, this is really clarifying a philosophy and this helps me live my life. And so we're trying to sort of replicate that at scale. Uh, and that's part of the reason why the Ayn Rand University is such a growth objective for us uh, here at ARI. Hopefully this podcast has has given you a clearer picture of uh, the impact that our uh, our work at ARI, our programs are having today in, in classrooms and with, with students and teachers uh, and of some of our, uh, our aspirations for the future and, and what we hope the impact of our work will be kind of for years to come with some of those, those students, what will happen to them in, in the future and what they'll accomplish. Uh, and in light of all this um, conversation about, about our programs and, and impact, uh, we'd really like to take a moment to recognize and, and thank the donors to ARI who, who make all of the programs, all of the impact that you've heard about today from us possible. They, we couldn't do it without, without their contributions and their support for our mission. So thank you very much to our donors. And uh, so to, to conclude, uh, as, as always, I'd like to re remind you that you can get notifications for our, our new content, new videos on, on YouTube by subscribing and clicking the bell to get notifications whenever we, we do a new, uh, a new podcast. Um, and we always appreciate it if you support the show, if you like it, by clicking like and sharing it with your friends. Uh, also, you can always write us by email 
at newideal at aynrand.org. Uh, as you heard at the beginning of the podcast today, we read what you send us and we, we often respond to it. Uh, you can suggest ideas for topics that you'd like to see us cover in, in future episodes. Uh, so if you, if you want to share anything with us, uh, we, we always appreciate hearing from you. Um, that, thanks for listening. Um, I enjoyed doing this show today. Uh, thank you, Aaron, for, uh, for talking about this. And, uh, let's get back in the classroom. And (laughs) yes, yes. Well, after, after the break is over, I don't think many people are having classes right now. Um, but yeah, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Thanks everyone. So I'm looking, looking forward to that. Yeah. Thanks everyone. Happy new year. You've been listening to new ideal, a podcast from the Ayn Rand Institute. If you like what you hear, Leave us a review, share with a friend, and subscribe to our other podcasts. This podcast was made possible by donors to the Ayn Rand Institute. Help support this podcast by becoming an ARI member. Go to aynrand.org forward slash membership.